on today's episode of The Real DJ Show. I remember the days when I was actually counting uh, how much an envelope cost in my cost yeah. of business store. No, you have 30 more seconds. Can we start that one over? You can't start it over. Why not? What? Because it's a podcast. <laughs> the whole yeah, we're is there. <laughs> you can't just start over the whole podcast. Uh, yeah. time. Yes. Oh, hey. Uh, <laughs> she said that to me in that tone for, I don't know, we've known each other for 10 years. Oh, hey, it's Kristen and Cassie from Rochester Wedding Magazine. And you're listening to The Real DJ Show. And you should really listen to us. Because we know what the f*** we're talking about. What's up, everybody? Rich Cranston. Uh, so if you are a big proponent of line dances, hit the dislike button. If you <laughs> don't like line dances, you're our audience. Hit the like. Either way, it's going to help our algorithms. Rich Cranston, The Real DJ Show, John Roach, and we're going That was to- from last episode. Hey, I'm John. Welcome, everyone, to The Real DJ Show. We are all well, live. It's being taped, it's okay. but it's live. We're Say hi south. to- Who's keeping us live is Mickey in the box. Say hi to Mickey. Hello there. Speaking of going south <laughs> in the ratings, no, yeah. it's all good. We, so, we are le- uh, legitimately going south. Being for a show today. about and for the private event DJ, of course, we have to start every episode with a highlight of somebody out there who's killing it in that space, earning a living, and uh, just killing yeah, it. Yeah, it's the just all DJ about space. you know keeping in perspective. We can't like get in front of each other uh, now these days uh, yeah. as much as we want to, right? So it's all about connecting and uh, just branching out and networking to other uh, professionals. So we begin every episode with the one thing, Mickey. Give me the one thing intro. <laughs> I wake up, flex, thumbs down, that check, no drip, this, tell them run it up, no sleep, no rest. We are super excited today to bring to you for the one thing, DJ Alex Updike from Palm Springs. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Thanks Alex, nice me. to meet you, man. What's going on? Noah, not too much. Just trying to stay cool. We're already hitting the high 90s down here. Gosh, so. dude, thanks. I think we hit about 54. The other yeah, day. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it hit 54 in Rochester, New York, and people are drinking in the streets because it's the uh, <laughs> like a heat wave. Uh, no, I was we, actually we were talking before we went live here that the hottest day of my life was spent in a, a town near where Alex is at, and it was like a buck ten. My body is not built for a buck ten, so I don't know how the hell you pull that off. How you, how are you loading gear in 110 degree weather? Oh man, you don't, because people just don't get married down here when it's 110. Yeah, uh, we we don't do a lot of weddings in 110 degree heat. That's kind of when you're going like what we were talking about. You're kind of going outside the Coachella Valley out to like the wineries in Temecula, or you know, heading down to even San Diego or that kind of area sometimes because there's just not a lot going on out here when it's 110. No, no bride wants to ask to do her you know her wedding day makeup in 110 degree heat. Wow. So she'd melt like the Joker. Hey, well, look, uh, we're still jealous. I'm not going to lie. We're still jealous. Uh, 110. Wait, are you in Palm Springs, Florida? Or Palm California? Springs, California. Oh, California. California. I bet that whole segment, I'm like, yeah, we're going south. We're going south. Blah, blah. Really? You're in Cali? I'm in Cali. Rich, is, that's, a, My that's bad. a state, by the I'm way. I'm having trouble with the state of California and the city of <laughs> the right. last month. So, uh, despite uh, Rich's geographic shortcomings, uh, Alex, we'd love to hear the, uh, the superhero origin story of DJ Alex Updike. Right on. Yeah. So I feel like I started and like got into DJing the same way a lot of people do. And that's that I didn't really know what else to do. And so I was like, Oh (laughs) yeah, I can, I can play music. Like 
I can do that. So I, I was actually, I just graduated from college. And so I had a, my big fancy college degree and absolutely nothing to do with it. And I was sitting, you know, in my parents' kitchen, just trying to figure out like, what, a, like, what am I going to do with my life, living at home, not knowing what my next steps were. And I, I came across the DJing thing. And I, I grew up an athlete. I grew up an athlete and then transitioned into acting a little bit, but never had anything to do with music. But I saw the DJing thing. And I honestly, I tell people, I, I thought of two things. Number one, I was like, girls are going to dig this. Girls are going to love DJs. <laughs> we all hope that, right? Be mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, sure. And two, I was like, I think I can make some money off of this. There's like, it's a, it's a low overhead to get started, but the earning potential is really high. So I had like, the professional brain and then like the 24 year old brain working at the same time. Yeah. Um, And so the girls liking it thing turned out to be not true at all. Everybody (laughs) thinks DJ like corny, douchey, whatever. So that turned out to be completely wrong, but the business side turned out to be completely right. Um, It was, you know, fairly easy to get into, you know, I borrowed a couple pairs of speakers from my church and, just started doing events and just kind of grew little by little and bought equipment as I was making money. And sure. it just turned out to be one of those things where you could get into it. Like I said, kind of with a low overhead, but the earning potential is definitely there. Well, you got to love it when side hustles turn into a passion like that and to actually yeah. something you can make money off of. Well, what's obvious that it's much, much more than that now. Cause I mean, everything that we can see from 30,000 feet is that your business is really refined. I mean, how have you grown your business to where it's at now, where it's as polished, you know, from the humble beginnings of borrowing speakers from the church to, you know, this kind of polished enterprise that we see now? Yeah, I think part of it is being smart when you start. So when I started, I kept track of everything that I made as far as like how much was I making doing events compared to how much was I spending on things like new equipment and stuff like that smart. to make sure I wasn't spending more than I was bringing in at any given point. So I let myself kind of grow slowly as far as building up that equipment base and building up kind of that capital to be able to push yourself out there at a little broader space as far as advertising and stuff. Uh, And then I think the other one was just being humble enough to listen to people that know more than you. So I've worked with a lot of people that I know are smarter than me. Uh, I take a lot of inspiration from guys like Joe Bunn and Jason Janai and how they're doing things. And I'm willing to say things like, I have no idea how to build a website. So I'm going to put down a little money and have a professional build it. Right. Or I didn't study branding. So I'm going to work with someone like Kaylee Weiss at Meldine. And she's going to help me with my branding and really help me kind of focus that in on what it needs to be. So how, Alex, how did you follow or come to learn of these people? Are you, are you following them on different social media platforms or conventions or what? The big one. So last year when Corona first started and people just didn't know what to do and events were shutting down mobile beat Las Vegas, right. uh, was like, hey, we're just going to put our entire conference online for free. Yep. And I had never done anything like that as far as a big mobile DJ conference or meeting other mobile DJs. So I got on there and I watched all their stuff. And I came across guys like uh, like Joe Bunn and learned what the DJ's vault is. Um, so I would say that was a huge, as far as connecting with professionals in the industry around the country, the biggest step I took was hooking in with 
Joe Bunn, who's out of Raleigh, I believe, in North Carolina, and yep. the DJ's Vault, which is a little pro, like not a little program. It's a, like a yeah. big program yeah, yeah. he has online where mobile DJs can get all sorts of resources. So I would say that was a big step for me as far as learning about kind of who these big wigs in the industry are that can kind of help you take your company to the next step. Well, it's okay that you liked uh, Joe's presentations more than ours at Mobile Beat. We'll take, go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll assume you liked ours also, but we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we like Joe too. Matter of fact, if this makes you uh, feel good, um, your episode is of The One Thing is going to happen right after Joe's episode yes. of The One Thing. Yeah. He'll oh, be the episode awesome. right before you guys. So yeah. You're like in the same spot. So, so taking all the inspiration and things you're learning, uh, back to uh, your place in California. So, your yeah. your your space in the event industry. What does like give us give us the sauce, right? What's give the us, one what's thing, the one man? thing Alex that Updike, separates you what from is the everybody one else? Thing? The big thing that I would say I've really focused on, especially over the last year, with kind of our forced vacation and the extra free time we have, <laughs> is working what I call the uh, the client journey. And that is how does a client experience you from the second they reach out to you or even before that, when they're just kind of looking at your website or your Instagram, all the way up until you are actually arrive at the wedding on the day of. Um, that's what I really focused on. And that's kind of what I try to do to set me apart. Because the fact of the matter is by the time you arrive up or arrive to the wedding on the day of, the couple's really already decided that they like you or not. That's so like you want to play good music, you want to like, you want to kill the dance floor as a DJ, but that couple has already decided if they like you or not. And you have already had a hundred different chances to get on that couple's good side and ensure that they're going to have a good day. So that client journey of from when they reach out to you and you're doing things like replying to emails within you no know, a day or within 12 hours or whatever your goal is, um, up through, you know, everything they do to book you is all done online. So it's super simple. The contracts are e-signed. The deposits are all paid online. It's all really simple for them. Up through the planning process, which is huge for me, and using uh, a custom client portal. So I use a client portal through DJ Event Planner, which is an online website. You can check them out. Uh, And I had it customized through uh, Perfect Portals, which is a company based out of Canada that I can't recommend enough. So if Karen and Keith are watching this, uh, definitely look them up, Perfect Portals. Hope and paying you. That was a good plug. Portal, yeah. Using that portal as a, an online like experience where they do all of their planning. So there's no like having to print anything out. There's no having to write it out by hand. There's no having to find a scanner and scan it back to me. Um, it's literally all done online. And if they have a screen and internet access, they can get on and they can work on their planning stuff. So just making that whole client process, not only customized to who they are, but super simple for them and really professional as far as how I handle myself and what my response times. Alex, are. that's all good information. It, it, so is it, is it you, uh, what, what's your team looking like? I mean, are you the, you're the, looking the at it, man. In, the bo- in the, in the bottle washer? You're looking at it. This is the team right here. Love it. So that's great. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, for a single operator, I mean, it is your, what you've put out there into the public is a really polished product, man. It, it's really good. And you're an insightful guy. You didn't give yourself enough credit. You said you're, 
not this, a smart guy. I, this might be the most this, insightful one of these we've done so for far. For sure. Like yeah. I remember the days when I was actually counting uh, how much an envelope cost in my cost yeah. of business. <laughs> and when you're telling that story, I remember checking the little box. Did I send them four envelopes? Oh, that's 12 cents. Oh. <laughs> you know what you I mean? Know, actually, we're, yeah. we're, we're thinking about having an episode soon, which is going to cover you know the biggest topic on you know the, the DJ social spaces. How much should a DJ be charging? Mm-hmm. I think having Alex back for that would be great insight. Um, I mean, because yeah, you're up for it. The way that uh, yeah. you talk about figuring out costs, nobody does that. DJs, they think, how much do we cost? It's like go on Facebook and ask other DJs how much they're charging versus what is this actually costing yeah. me to do business? I mean, I, I think DJs just throw out there, you know, whatever number sounds attractive to the audience, sure. you know, to whatever that obstacle is going to be, you know, so soft for them to book with that right. DJ. It's it's the wrong answer. Well, Alex, we really appreciate this. You have some plugs for us. Where can we find you? The big one you can find me on is Instagram. That's the one I keep updated the most. Um, so if you follow me on Instagram, just at DJ Alex Updike, especially if you're a bride, that's really focused to uh, potential clients looking out. But if you're other DJs and you just want some ideas I want to post on Instagram, feel free to jump on there and, and see what I've got. Uh, but that's the big one. You can follow me on is Instagram sure, at DJ Alex Updike and pretty much any other, any other platform is going to be the same handle, but Instagram's a big one. Awesome. Uh, it was our pleasure meeting you, man. Yeah. It was right, really nice to make happy to be a part of it. Thank you. Cool. For sure. We appreciate it, Alex. We'll talk soon. All right. And we're back from our one thing. Oh, I love that. That's fun. Yeah, it was good. So we're very excited to bring back from our really fun intro they did earlier. <laughs> our friends from <laughs> Weddings in New York, Kristen and Cassie. What's up, you guys? Oh, hey. Uh, <laughs> why is it? She said that to me in that tone for, I don't know, we've known each other for 10 years, maybe. Yeah. It's yeah. always been that same. Hey. Yeah, exactly. So cool. A little shoulder shimmy. All right. So this is our <clears> core <throat> topic, and we're glad to have a fun panel with us to talk about our core topic. And the topic today for you guys is killing a bridal show. Which not a lot of people adapt that concept. No. It's matter very fact, important. Pay you, attention. Pay attention. Because I, I don't know how many... And look, this is our DJ. This is the real DJ show. Right. And I'll tell you, but it's not just DJs. It's people who tell me when they get to a certain level of establishment or a certain level of success, I just, don't have to do bra shows anymore. And they always... I get side-eyed or I get... I don't know. Something about the fact when I tell them, look, we'll never, we will never, ever stop doing bridal shows. Like, why do you have to do bridal shows? You guys are so successful. So I'm going to tell you guys a story. If you guys will indulge me okay. for a minute. I'm going to tell you a story about uh, a vendor that I had lunch with. Right, it was right before the pandemic. Um, and this is somebody that, like, you said their name, you would know in our market immediately, right? This is a heavy hitter vendor, um, very well established. And they wanted to have lunch with me. And of course I say yes, when a vendor wants to have lunch, cause always be networking. And so I went out for lunch and their question to me was, look, you know, we're, we're really successful, but I feel like the referral train has just stopped. Right. And I don't know why nothing we're doing differently and we're working on the same vendors, but I feel mm-hmm. like the referral train is a stop. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you know, if I can garner a guess is I haven't seen you at a bridal show or a networking event in three years. You stop being relevant, right? Yeah. And they're like, you know, well, I didn't think I need to do that anymore. So I want to ask you guys, is that something you guys hear when you're looking at prospective, you know, advertisers in your, in your magazine or, you know, people that you're you know, trying to convince that doing a bridal show is a good thing. Is that something you guys hear? Oh, and- totally. We, that's one of the biggest things people say, well, I don't need it. I'm booked for weddings this yeah. year or, you know, I've, I've, I'm established. I get all my everything from my website and referrals, but they don't realize that every year there's fresh couples coming through. Not only that, 
there's fresh vendors coming through. Totally. There's constantly new people in the wedding industry. So there's always friends to be made and couples to meet too, no matter how established you are. You're missing out on a whole new era of industry friends. Sure. Too. You're never too well known. That's a, that's yeah. a great wow. point. Dude, yeah. that should be a quote on a stock magazine. Next topic. No, <laughs> yeah, but really, there's really nothing more to say after that. The, I mean, the the what would you say to the people that, yeah, you know what? I get as plenty of leads as I need. I'm working as much as I want to work. I just don't need to do it. What are you going to do next year when you don't have any leads? That's Thank it. Thank you. You're not Thank doing you. a bridal show. I mean, look, yeah. obviously, it's great if you uh, book a client directly from the show. But I think, and we're going to talk about like the habits of people that are successful at shows and who are not. But you can't, I, I don't think, I think we've learned in our career, some, painfully sometimes, that you can't quantify the success you, you can't. had it's, you can't at a bridal show based nope. on how many you know, clients you booked. It's more about you know, it's networking and just getting out there and rubbing elbows with your friends and your vendor partners, right? Because, I mean, listen, you do with what you want with your business and your, and your money and however you spend your capital. But the thing is, I think if you're being serious about your profession and your job, that it, it's, it's almost it's ingrained in you that you have to do networking events, mm -hmm. period. Yeah. And that All includes right. bridal shows. So let's talk about the show itself and, and yeah. killing it. Right, fast and forward I, the show and get in there and, and actually being successful. How do you do it? Yeah. So uh, I get in both sides of this coin. So let's start, actually, let's start with the bad. So I'm look, I love sharing stories with you guys when, when we actually get to go do bridal shows and hopefully that's again soon. Um, Real soon. My favorite part <laughs> of them is dish when you dish on People who suck at doing bridal shows. <laughs> and they show up like, can you believe what I, you just saw? Or, oh my God. You're wasting your money. Right. Yeah. So talk to me, maybe give me three habits oh, of people easily. that suck at bridal shows. So there's total, there's a ton of habits, but the three main ones are the people that come and sit behind their booth oh. and look unhappy. Yeah. So there's definitely people that know how to operate at a bridal show or um, know how to sell. And then there's people that don't. You definitely have to have people that um, that's their strength. Like for me, I, I definitely wouldn't be able to do that where Kristen is like happy-go-lucky, she can do everything, and I have like severe resting bitch face. So <laughs> I Whoa. know that I wouldn't be like number one guru <laughs> at the bridal show booth. So you definitely have to know your market and know who you should have staff your booth. Staffing is very important. You need a friendly face. We have, you know, photographers that are amazing photographers. Their images, they think can sell themselves, but guess what? If you don't have a friendly face to bring those people into your booth space, or if you're sitting behind your booth space looking miserable, guess yeah. what? I'm not coming up to your booth. You've got to, exactly. you've got to take that table away from take you the table, and open up your customer. space, get to be engaging, open. don't Inviting. eat and drink, yeah. not close off. And one of the biggest things too that people don't do, and it's not even at the follow, it's it's not even at the bridal show. It's follow-up. Yeah. You're going to that show. You're working your ass off that day. You're meeting people. You get home and you're like, oh, I'm done. It's over with. No, it's not. That's just the beginning. You have to yeah. follow up with not only the couples you met, but also the people that you met at the booth next to you right, or the vendors, photographer yep. down the road, the DJ, you know, that you may not be able to book every wedding. Network with other DJs, too, not just the couple you right. guys just hit on a piece right there mm -hmm. that we've built an entire learning module around mm -hmm. which is you don't if you want to be truly successful in what we do at being a wedding professional dj specifically you stop chasing clients and you start building partners right and you use this bridal show time to make that happen make people feel good like you guys have said go introduce a client you just met to another vendor that you like the equity you just built with the person you just introduced yeah. them to pays crazy dividends. You're opening doors. 
and quite frankly, I mean, typically your shows start at noon, right? We'll get there at six, seven in the morning and we're set up by eight and we're all set up, ready to go. And vendors are just starting to come in. And what do they see? They see our booth all ready to go. And we're like all set up. That communicates to other vendors, including venue managers that were on time, punctual and set up. And we use that time to talk, help out and all stuff that you had mentioned. That's why we give an hour. We ask everybody to be set up by 11. So that way there is that time. We, we provide the lunch so you guys can sit down with other people, not just the people that you're there with. Meet new people. Go up to faces you've never seen before. Introduce yourself. Hey, Cass, if I called you and said, uh, what time can I get set up and you say eight, what time will one of our member of our staff be there? You, you'll be there a little bit before eight. That's right. We'll be there before. Always okay. early. Gotta be Always first. Early. Exactly. Be, be freaking first. Yeah, it's good. Right. Lots to go on. Yeah. All right. So we yeah. talked about bad habits, but some uh, good habits. Yeah. So right. tell me about, I'm sure you know in your head that there's people that are taking advantage of everything this show has to offer and they're always killing it. And cause I'm sure you always have people complain like that show sucked. And then you're going to have people say every time that show was awesome. What are the habits or the traits of the vendors that are always killing it? Like they kill every show. What are their like three traits or habits that they have? So I would say to definitely um, pre-plan your booth. Don't just go and wing it and bring things that you think might look good together, but to actually set it up prior to that day. Um, I mean, it may sound... It may sound stupid, but tape out a box for the exact um, depth and width of the space and utilize the whole thing. Don't just, you know, throw some business cards on a table because that's not going to sell yourself. And, and your train setup is going to differ staff. from venue to venue. Correct. Oh, yes. Yeah. You shouldn't Absolutely. use the same vet up, uh, setup for every single venue. Right. Because typically booths are a little bit different in size, um, whether the depth, the width, the height of the ceiling. You definitely want to take advantage if you're in a location that has um, tall ceilings. Be taller than the booth next to you. Exactly. Train your staff. We actually have companies that will be like, can I go check out the space beforehand? So they get a feel for, you know, what it looks like in there, the vibe that it's feeling too, because you also have, you know, a hotel where it's a little bit more hotelish, banquet yeah. roomish. But right. then you have you these amazing <laughs> these venues that are beautiful and taller they're going to take advantage of what they have to use at that venue if it's white i'm going to bring more up lights because then i can shine a little bit brighter i'm going to put that monogram on the wall behind us exactly. like the bat signal <laughs> and that's which make sure you put it on the wall off. behind you and not the neighbor across from of course you. But, <laughs> i mean it's legal according yeah. to the contract right yeah you know, no absolutely using your space yep, above you. Whatever's <laughs> in your space, you have it. all right so those are habits of people that kill it. But I want to know the best promo or the booth or idea. What was the best one ever? Do we each get one of these? You both. Yeah, you can each have one. So my favorite, it was actually a photographer. So it fits, could fit to everybody. They took advantage of their space and built a miniature office slash lounge area for people to come in, sit down, and not feel rushed. They were actually staffed enough that they could have enough staff members for several couple, couples at a time and actually open up the area, made it feel very welcome to them. That's a good idea. That's good. Yeah. So I know this incredible DJ company, not naming any names, but they set up an amazing booth. Um, in addition to the amazing setup with uplighting and everything like that, they also do a really cool promotion um, where they have VIP wedding couples and they'll go around and do um, secret promos to people in the crowd that then make them come back to the booth so that they're getting a second round. 
Love that. That's a pretty good that idea. A pretty good idea. Damn. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> this that's is a good. non-paid advertisement. Wrong <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's good we, suggestions. We appreciate that. Uh, we're going to keep you guys around for uh, two more segments. If that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, up next is everyone's favorite oh, DJ yeah. game show. Here we go. Battle of Wits. Yes. Is competitive banter oh, about bullshit. You're going down. It bro. is beats <laughs> per minute. Going down. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. You see the drippy, I'm fitted up. I'm in my car in a giddy up. Secure the bag, yeah, I get the bus. All right, very good. You saw it. So this is the episode of BPM. This is a little intellectual banter between John and I. I'm hoping it's intellectual. Of, of course it is. You know, you wrote the questions. Everyone knows that. So Who knows? I know the rules. So basically, there's going to be a question that Mickey pulls out of the hat, and then we'll he'll read that question, and then John and I have 60 seconds to uh, state our position. We have a very, very experienced intellectual panel. Talented panel. Talented panel. <laughs> To do some rebuttals, and they're gonna, uh, you know, if we make a good point, they're gonna show us their vote, and we're gonna tally up post production to see who wins that argument. And our panel today is awesome. <laughs> our panel today is the team from Weddings in New York. It's Kristen, it's Cassie, and Hijacking is their boss, Theo. Theo's gonna, gonna be in a guest on our next podcast we're doing, yeah. but he's here yeah. early, so he's hijacking. Very it's good. good to have him. Yeah. All right, and it's not a hat, it's a golden wheel of death. <sighs> <laughs> All right, producer Mickey, spin the golden wheel of death and pull out our first topic for debate. Participating in bridal shows is the most important marketing a special event DJ can do. Agree or disagree? Well, I better say I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to say it's very important. They're going to hit you with a plant, bro. Go ahead. Yeah. Go. Look, okay, so as part of an overall marketing plan, the number one most important thing to me is being on the preferred vendor list for a venue. Sorry, guys, but that is number one for me. It's my lifeblood. But bridal shows is right up there. But you can't look at a bridal show as an opportunity to fill your calendar with clients. It's a, it's a captive marketing opportunity to network with other vendors who are going to refer you. So you're going to show up early. You're going to get your booth set up. And then you're going to go out there and you're going to network. And then when you meet couples during the show that you like, you're going to go introduce them to other vendors. So it's up there. It's really important. I would say, if you're asking me to agree to disagree, it's the most important. Uh, it's close, uh, but it's definitely important. Uh, so, but you're at a bridal show, and, and I agree with you on the whole vendor concept of being a venue at the top of the food chain. Uh, but there are more than one vendor at that show, totally including true. venues, right? So there's photographers and there's run the gamut, right? So if you are networking at a bridal show and you're talking to all these people, you're going to get word of mouth referral sources coming in from all walks of the vendor spectrum, not just venues, right? So yeah, you're going to yeah. be walking around talking to photographers and not for nothing, uh, not every venue refers our business. So, you know, it's also good to have that dichotomy and that, 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 dynamic variety of people referring to you in your business. It, bridal shows are so important. And yeah. you know, we're debating, is was it the most important is the well, word. And so You have to agree with it because we're going to get a really <laughs> spot at the next bridal show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take that old booth away right I wonder now. how we got into the bathroom, Chuck. All right. <laughs> next I think yeah. that was I think that was a good answer, though. Yeah, it was really good. You guys want to add to that? Yeah, I want to add to that. Go for add to that. I think you both had really good points. But I'm going to go with Rich on this one for a second just because I'm on the bridal <laughs> no show. Way. Just because I'm on the bridal show one. You are 100% correct with venues are going to be the number one thing for you. But. Get the hell out of here. But. 
they can put you on a list, but do they personally refer you? Back to something we were talking about earlier, fresh faces. The ones, do you go visit every venue every week to freshen up, you know, that? It's a, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. But at a bridal show, you can you can see 20 venues at once and just go kiss their butts it's there. True. <laughs> okay. So allow me to reestablish the fact that I think that bridal shows are a critical, irreplaceable, <laughs> high-level importance of anyone's, especially a DJ's marketing plan. If you say that you're, you don't have to do bridal shows, you're wrong. Right. Uh, it just for me, the personal um, marketing plan I have with visiting venues right. is number one for me, and bridal shows is one. And to support D. your point, though, John, not every venue does bridal shows. No. So if you're just cross-sectioning that segment out, there's a lot of venues that aren't at your shows. They should be, uh, but they're not. So I give John a lot, too, though, because yeah. you know how many people don't go to venues and visit, and that's terrible. They're, they should be your best friend. Yes. It, it Literally, if someone tells me, I am starting a DJ company... What do I do for marketing? I get in your ass in a car and oh start gosh. driving to venues and asking, what can you do to get on yes. the referral? And list? once you're there, congratulations. Don't piss them off. Do everything again. Whether right. you're coming in or you're doing your show, you're leaving, don't piss the venue off. I mean, there's so many, we could, we'll do another show. That was that two way, episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. That was a premiere episode yeah. we talked about. That. All right, yeah. Nikki, spin the wheel of death. Oh, all right. Here we go. All right. What was the best decade of music? For wedding music. Uh, now, what's the Interpret best as decade right now? The question says, what's the best decade of music for wedding music? Oh, boy. That is a really good question. Uh, I gotta love, I gotta love 2000s. Uh, there's just so much to draw. Oh, we're getting some shakes there. Yep. Yeah. I don't really, I don't like that answer. I don't know. I, I had you, to think about that one longer. You can't. Can you we start that over? No, you have 30 more seconds. Can we start that one over? You can't start it over. Why not? What? Because it's a <laughs> you can't just start over the whole point. Uh, yeah, it's timed. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I want to know what your favorite song from the 2000s was. Well, I mean, I just like, I think 90s are too, a little bit too limiting. Uh, 60s and 70s and 80s. Uh, not really, not a lot of people enjoy it from that. And current is just too current. So, I mean, it just leaves the 2000s. All right, allow me to go ahead. You just get your plants ready because the only correct answer that's possible is the 90s. It's the only answer that's correct. Hip hop party music from the mid to late '90s is irreplaceable. You can't even if you said I can't play a mid to late '90s hip hop or party song at a wedding. Just go home. You can't play. Don't stop till you. I mean, you can't play. Uh, this is how we do it. You can't play. I mean, any freaking. Uh, it takes two. I mean, you can't do a wedding if you don't have mid to late '90s uh, hip hop party songs. There's only one answer. Go ahead. Raise your pop. No, I am with him on there. I, it's the best dance music around, and everyone knows the words and wants to Listen, jump I, in and dance. One of Kristen's number one channel on Pandora is Hip Hop Radio Barbecue, and we listened to Definitely. it like all day yesterday. Dude, <laughs> all of that, all of that is correct. However, uh, older guests they don't care about '90s music. They, but, they don't no, dance. I, I, Do they, they dance? Hold on a second. Let me finish my point. You made yours. So yeah. with 2000s is more recognizable. So the question being, what's most rec read the question again. He's he's reaching. It's what was the best decade of music for wedding music? Yeah, so for wedding music. So that means 90s is just one group of people, right? But for wedding music means the whole party. So grandma also listens to Florida because Florida has make it made it to mainstream rate. You can make all the faces you want. <laughs> can this go down? So can this go down? <laughs> That's probably 80s. Or seventies. So yeah. th those are all great. Un universal, universal. In my opinion, it's 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 two thousands because it, it reaches more more age groups. 
I think John is on it. I think more age groups, the 2000s. Grandma knows probably more of the 90s music than the 2000s. Grandma's not going to Grandma's not going to appreciate Montel Jordan no, as much she, as, picture, as grandma she's going to appreciate. Now, grandma now is in her 30s in the 90s. Boots with the fur. Well, it's grandma funny because we're all different generations here too, so it's it's kind of interesting to hear everybody's opinion on it. Because, like, Cass, what would you you'd probably say? I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. dance. I think that song was from the '90s, also. Phil Collins, I can't dance. All right, <laughs> we know who's right. You guys are one and one. Uh, you know what? You should you should run that run that out and, and tell me how it works for you, guys. In, in the comments, the below, first wedding we do is right. in April. We're there together. Let's run an experiment. Let's okay. Let's you count it. the '90 songs versus the 2000s. Yeah, songs. I like See what that happens. idea. I like it. All right, Mickey. Last question of BPM. Oh, all right. Now, now be honest. When you see another DJ perform, you judge them by their controller or media type. Um, probably a little bit. I, and there's no way around that you're going to judge your preconception of this DJ going to be good by what his setup looked like before he started playing, right? If I walk up and I see an up-to-date controller, um, I say, okay, at least this person cares enough about their technology, they could be good. Now, is it guaranteed they're going to be a good DJ if they've got an expensive controller? No, it's not a perfect science. But if I see, if I go to a wedding, my wife has brought me to, there's not many anymore because she trusts, she does not trust me to not be a douchebag about some DJ if I get brought to a wedding. But if I go to somebody else's wedding, on the rare occasion that happens, my wife lets me go, and I see they've got CD controllers, I'm like, brace yourself for a long night, everybody, because who knows what you're going to get. Um, so yeah, I think there is... Without a doubt, there has to be some judgment. If I see a DJ's gear, I'm going to make some preconceived notion if they're any good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're not going to buy an advanced set of gear if they're not going to know the technology along with that. Obviously, it's more expensive. You need more education behind it. And if you're not serious about your craft or know what the hell you're doing, you're not going to buy that piece of equipment. However, <laughs> comma, I'll use you as an example. You went from one set, of, you went from one controller to a lot more simpler, lighter sure. controller, and you're a fantastic DJ. Thank so you. if I walked behind your deck and I saw that. I would have been like, eh, that's a little new, you know, like newer persons starting out. It's very simplistic, but you're a great DJ. So thank you. Yeah. It's because um, old and new controllers are heavy. Yeah. Well, it's it's ease of your point in your career. Well, I think, you so, I think yeah. it's my point of uh, it's not a perfect science. Like I use a more simple controller because I want to walk out at midnight with a, a light thing in my hand instead of dragging Definitely. something on wheels yeah. or something. And but, having a simple controller like that allows you to play more songs from the 2000s too, which equate oh, to a little more successful dance floor. Speakers, you didn't talk about speakers. <laughs> no, we didn't. But panel, what do you think? Do you have an opinion about... I really don't know much of what Derek. you're talking about. Oh, let's Smile talk and about nodding that. and shaking our no, plants. So it doesn't really matter what type of gear they use. What does it matter for you? Well, like I, I like what you said though about John can have a simpler. It's all about education and the person that actually DJing. It's judging a book by its cover. You yeah. can't really judge it by. That's true. I mean, look. Obviously, you figure mm -hmm. out if they're any good or not when they start playing. But the question asked me: Will I judge a DJ before they've played? Will I, you know, buy the gear that I see sitting there? And of course, yeah. I mean, everybody I, does. It's yeah. a judgmental world. Yeah, it is a judgmental size of something. world. <laughs> All right. So hey, uh, Mickey in post production is going to tabulate the plant races uh, to see who won, and at some point we'll figure out what the tally of that is. But thank you for hanging out for another episode of Beats Per Minute. Awesome. All right, we're going to keep our guests for one more segment. It's time 
This is this might be my favorite thing, especially. I do love setup wars. Yeah, I love setup wars. Yeah, uh, especially with the crew we have, and they they do bridal shows. Uh, they they promote They've shows. They've seen a lot of They've seen a lot of setups in their day. Of All course. right. Yeah. So, right. so yeah, explain real, to what's going on. The real DJ show is proud to present Setup Wars. All right. So this is how Setup Wars works. Mickey is going to show us some pictures of some DJ setups. Now, these are not people you know, so you don't Perfect. have to hold back. Mm -hmm. uh, DJs from across the country have sent us pictures of their setups. Some of them we got from Google Image Search and other places. Um, now, look, we're going to be nice, right? We're, well, we're going to be honest, I think. And that, that's yeah. really because, you know, the whole way for us DJs to learn is to hear feedback. And DJs, quite frankly, if you can't honor feedback, uh, you got some other issues going on. So Yeah, man. Yeah. So this isn't about like, hey, send us your stuff so we can just cut it up. Uh, it's just honest feedback from a whole vast of wedding experience that I'm looking at right now. And that's uh, the point, us, right? We, so we want this not just to be an echo chamber of DJs telling other DJs their stuff is cool. Yeah. I mean, that you're not learning anything from that. Sometimes it's about hearing uncomfortable information, from, but from people that are in the know that are going to tell you the way it is. Right. And as their intro said, they know shit. Yes. Oh, and, and by the way, it's not about hearing the bad stuff, but if, if, if you hear some good stuff... That's great, too. You know, give yourself a pat in the back. You should hear that, too. All right, Mickey. Let's give us setup number one in setup wars. Okay. Interesting. Guys, what do you guys think about this? First impressions of this DJ setup. Well, the balloons need to go. It's Could not. be a birthday party. For, to be it's, fair, yeah. The, who knows? We don't know. We all have that balloon I like that the table, over and the put those balloons tops the table. not bad. I like the simple, but... For me, look... Um, there's a lot of exposed technology here, right? So there's a lot of cables. It looks like he's got separate mixers and decks. Um, and there's a lot of cables kind of running, just sitting on top of a table. See, we can't see that. From yeah, the you got to lean in. I feel like... I know. To be fair, it's it's small picture. You got to lean in. But I, I think that this DJ would benefit from some kind of... Look, even a simple tabletop facade or something mm -hmm. just to cover his wires. Even like folding a linen really neatly and putting it across the back of the decks. Um, so you don't see all the cables, I think, would be important. Look, but they did take the time to uh, cover the bottom of the tripods. I, I think DJ 101 is cover your tripods with something so you don't see the cables running down the speakers. They've nailed that. Now, look, I am personally, my personal opinion, I'm not into white stretch fabric, light underneath in any capacity. I, I think it's a little bit of like, hey, look at me on the DJ, which I think that's not what we're there for. But look, the dude covered, or the person covered this up, covered their tripods. I appreciate that. I don't see any cables on the ground, so bonus points for that. Rich, what do you think? All right, so, uh, yeah. Uh, th and actually, this is the first picture we've seen in a while that actually still uses the table. Um, yeah. We've seen a lot of, of, of standalones and, and, you know... Um, individual furniture individual pieces. Individual furniture pieces, yeah. So... Um, you know that white light behind me or behind the DJ is it's kind of annoying. So if it's annoying to me right now, it might be too annoying to a guest. So I, I might want to like you a think, sconce. Is that, you think that is a sconce? So, I think it's so, on the wall. I was trying to yeah, figure it yeah. out too. I, I actually think it's a think, thing. thing. I don't think it's a thing. I think it's well, just the what, angle of the picture. I think what I would do too. would be to uh, to maybe unloosen that light bulb and actually you know turn the light out. Right. So um, yeah, I'm that, sure. So th there is a lot of a exposed technology here. So um, I mean, if you're if you're trying to better yourself as a DJ, uh, people form their opinion based on appearance before you even play a note. So if it, it, quite frankly, if you're trying to get out of the bowling alley DJ esque type of appearance, you've gotta cover cover your gear. 
and I think a tabletop uh, um, facade would work great. Yeah, something. Uh, I I I'm not into the lighting, the um, the speaker stands. I think the stretch fabric is good. Nice attempt on to uh, to cover the the cords and whatnot. There's no banner. Um, I think the elevated uh, laptop stand is is pretty crisp. I think you just need to cover up the exposed tech. The last thing, um, speakers are a little uneven. I would get rid of the balloons, regardless of who put it there, even the client. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's exposed stuff in the back, so like a backpack, change yeah. of clothes, whatever that sure. is. Just you know, just get it's out, of, out of sight, out of mind. So, all right, guys, on a scale of zero being the worst and ten being the best, and you can have decimal points. Give me a rating on this. Four point five. I was gonna say a five. I say six. Wow, Theo gives it a six. Uh, I yeah. I also I, don't like that the it's white and black. Like you gotta choose a color scheme and stick with it. So I, I appreciate like you said they covered the tripods and they covered the cords and things like that. But then they're also accentuating the speakers. Like hey, look, we have giant gaudy speakers. Please direct your eye directly to them. Which is <laughs> yeah, I think anything mm. directs it. So I, I'm with you. I, I think this. Look, the person's tried to, to cover things yeah. up, yeah. Uh, and you know, like, hey, look, I see plenty of DJs out there that put nothing on their tripods. Mm -hmm. This is a four point five. Yep. They've tried four for me. All right, Mickey, set up number two, please. A lot going on. All right, guys, initial impressions of this. Way too busy. It's like a small city. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to figure. It. It's an interesting venue. I I like. The yeah, venue. I'm trying to figure out the because it, it's outdoors. Sure, it looks like one of those like hay like a green bistro towers like a yeah. farm tower like a thing. Rock wall in it's the back. Cool. Maybe. Yeah. I like their you know that they're covering things up, but I, the speakers are are huge, are gigantic, and I feel like they're not evenly placed. Nothing is evenly placed. It's not evenly and maybe it's the angle of the picture, but yeah, are the towers like too. one tower right behind? The spacing of those towers are way off, too. Yeah. Spacing and everything, right? Yeah, like yeah. everything. The towers. Like one speaker the facade. is... They forgot to center and kind of... Yeah. I look at everything, and I like everything very even, and that right. would just... I wouldn't stop staring at it all night and not in a good way. Yeah, we okay. could blame the picture, but there, there is a symmetry thing here that's... I, I feel like it's that's not slow happening. off, for sure. What do you guys think? It also depends on, again, like what the venue, because this venue to me would seem kind of like rustic, you know, the shabby shit yeah. maybe, but like, and then you're bringing in these stanchions and things that are really super industrial yeah. that don't really fit in. So, that's I mean, that's hard point. though too because you don't necessarily know what kind of wedding or what they're going for, so it's too colorful. I love too, how you brought that up because know uh, where you're we, going. Need, yeah. we need to know where we're going. You can't bring your arsenal to every single venue. It's just not applicable. I mean, this is, it's a clash. It's, it's clashy. That's the first thing I thought too. Is that look? This looks like one of those grain towers, like farm. You know, it's yeah. corrugated metal. There's there's a rustic thing going on here. And this person brought the industrial, the raw truss. I mean, some people like the look of raw truss, meaning the, those towers they don't have a cover on them. Um, I, I I don't think it's ever applicable to a wedding, frankly. And this may not be a wedding. I don't know. This could be somebody's graduation party or whatever. Um, but I think that yeah, there's there's um, you know, it's it doesn't it's not matching right the the vibe of the venue to like all this raw industrial truss um i, I think look for me facades that are are white um that you put a light behind you're not accomplishing anything on the dance floor of that 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 is simply a hey look at me i'm the dj uh which the feedback that i get from high-end clients that want to spend a lot of money is they hate that yeah they look it's got to be simple look one of the things someone tells me like hey how do i start charging more don't make it about you. Like mm -hmm. our our setup here at Encore 
is black on black and disappear. And, you know, I, I think when I tell that to our clients what it looks like, I get a lot of head nods, like whether they thought about that or not, you know, psychologically, a high-end client, you know, I think white stretch fabric, light behind it is doing nothing but saying, hey, I'm the DJ. I think there's, there's just too much going on right now. Yeah. So um, I love the fact that they have subwoofers. Uh, so the, the only unknown, I don't know what the venue is, how large it is, right? But it sure. might seem like that will be overkill. Yeah, we don't I can't know. make that yeah. determination because I don't know the size of the venue. But what I can say is, in my opinion, I just think there's too much going on. There's, there's, there's purple uplighting. You got the industrial look, Cassie, that you had talked about in a what looks like to be like a rustic space, only because you know that restroom sign and that that light fixture up there. You got the spinning pukes on top of the uh, the truss in the back. You got those those moving lights over there. You got white moving lights. I mean, all that on when it's dark out. My gosh, I think I'm gonna go into a seizure. Yeah, it's just it's a overload. Yep. All right, guys. So let's do a score zero to ten on our friend here. Three. Wow, so you Man. like this less than the last one. I like it less than the last one. It's just not mine. I don't, I don't know. That's hard. It's the unevenness. I just can't. I can't <laughs> yeah, you like symmetrical. It. I like yeah. very symmetrical. I'd say four. Okay. I'll go with my co cohorts then. I'll, I'll say four. So we have three yeah. fours. <laughs> Actually, frankly, I like this a little better than the last one. Um, there's things about it that personally I don't like. I'm going to give it a 5.5 because they've made an investment in their in their trade and they've they have good gear i can tell it's good gear mm -hmm. um there's some style things that i would challenge um but yeah so i'm what did i say 5.5 that's why i said the last one yeah you, you said, said 4.5 4. 4. 4. this is the 5.5 all right um so i like this i'm gonna give them credit based on that you know this is a, a good idea for the the trust towers and stuff and, and subwoofers pretty i don't know what brand doesn't matter really pretty solid speakers uh but i'll do an investment yeah for sure cool. All right, I'm I'm bumping up. I'm bumping up over here. <laughs> they did make a big investment. They yeah. did. And they definitely, yeah. It's yeah. There's some stylistic choices. I mean, you could take that same gear and tweak a few minor things. Yeah. And I think and it could maybe, look amazing. Yeah. It yeah. would look good in like if you're going to, you know, like a, disco a loft or like yes. a loft space. I, I do want to make an observation. I know we're going along. That stool better not be for the DJ oh or you God. better have a medical note from a doctor yeah. Yeah. saying that you need that stool. <laughs> All right, Nikki, last one. I, I like that. I do too. It fades away. I like that. Yeah, when it's dark in that room, you're going to see the room, not the DJ. Right. Yeah. All right, guys, initial impressions of this. I like it. I think this is, I got to get back on this. <laughs> so, as to the last one that we were just referencing, um, the uplighting of the venue as opposed to the DJ equipment is definitely a positive. You want to feature Absolutely. the space, not yourself. Everything's symmetrical. It's black. It's very clean. I'm all about clean looks you want to showcase the venue not yourself and you also don't want to be this yes you're the spotlight of the dance floor but you're not the spotlight of the wedding that's totally true room, mm -hmm. of course so I, I i actually like this one i like the simple color lights too good stuff theo it's a it's a lot of gear but it doesn't stick out yeah it's a nice dark black you know what's great about this is when it's dark in this room that dj is going to disappear which is what you want to accomplish yep. Um, in, in my mind, this is totally clean. You know what's so funny is the gear that this DJ is using is not totally dissimilar to what the last DJ did. So sometimes it's not necessarily about the gear. It's about the application, right. like how you use it. I like they cover the towers. They're, they they well, blend. Those are right. speakers, too. Are those speakers? Those too? are speakers. Yeah. I mean, so... You got two highs on top of a sub. Ah. It's... Yep. It's it's really clean. It's uh, again tops, a, a person after my own heart. 
that it's not about the DJ. They use blackout stuff instead of, you know, white and uplight. And like Cassie said, the, the title of her book that someday I'll be her book agent on is <laughs> Light the Venue, Not Your Stuff. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I love how it's all crisp and clean and the corners are, are laid out. I mean, the, the cables are taped, backlit the, uh, the real estate behind you. That's super important. I love the facade. Very clean. Um, you know, just a couple of safety things. I don't know from the picture. Those are two highs on top of a, a sub. Are they are they secured? You know, I mean, just yeah, get I mean, some it's... some guests. A little worried about those juniors on the floors. Oh, I um, miss those. There's, you know, yeah, get those um, things off the floor. I just, I just for that. I, I I just caution about so much lighting. I don't know that we need all of that lighting. Uh, you have Is that two four, six moving heads, like two little ones and one, four big ones. One, two, three, four. I see four. But okay. you got some uplights, you got some uh, some moving globes, and you got those juniors, which are going to go all around. You're going to start start getting that bowling alley, At least man. it's not a tree, though. <laughs> At least it's not a lighting tree. It is. Yeah. I just I don't know if we need all that. So, I'm I mean, use, use, you know, darken out the, the, the juniors when you're using the globes and vice versa. But yeah. that was good. All right, guys. Best give one that, so far. Give it a score. 8.5. Whoa. Here we go. With a 7.5. There it is. This is definitely the best one we've seen so Agreed. far. This is a very Agreed. solid eight. Would have been an eight and a half for me if there weren't light fixtures on the floor. Uh, this is a solid eight. Really good job. Yeah. Seven and a half for me. Good All stuff. right. That was Setup Wars. In the books. Woo! With Thank an you awesome guys. panel. Uh, Wedding Ladies to New York, we gents. appreciate you. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We love Thank you guys. You. Absolutely. And, and by the way, how do people find you? Yep. If you just Promo. go to weddinginnewyork.com and New York is spelled out. Awesome. That's it. Very good. Well, we'll see right, we're you We're going to keep your boss for a different show. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You can guys. have him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for us. Another episode of The Real DJ Show is in the books. We want you along every time, so make sure you like this video, subscribe to our channel, and ring the little bell so you get notifications of all of our new content. We know you're DJs and have a lot to say, so jump in the comment section to join the debate. If you have content suggestions or you want your DJ company featured on The One Thing, Email us at the real DJ show at rochesterdj.com. Lastly, if you're sick enough that you want to take the audio of this with you wherever you go, you can find the audio everywhere quality podcasts are found. All right, that's it for us. Show's over, bitches.